Welcome to the GDPR Weekly Show, one of the top five GDPR podcasts worldwide. Here is what's coming up in this week's episode. Welcome to episode 151 of the GDPR Weekly Show. The main news this week and the article we start with is the fantastic news that the EU has found UK GDPR to be adequate and therefore data transfers between the EU and the UK and vice versa can continue unhindered. However, as always, the devil is in the detail and we cover those in the first article for this week's episode. We then move to Scotland where the Scottish Government and agencies have revealed that they've had almost 2,000 data breaches since GDPR came in in May 2018. And then we move to Manchester, where Trafford Council has had a data breach as a result of a Freedom of Information request. We then take a broader picture where LinkedIn say that user data appearing for sale on the dark web is a result of screen scraping and not a data breach at LinkedIn as first reported. Staying in the US, we then have news of a data breach at Mercedes-Benz. And then back to the UK, where we have a data breach with the Lime virtual private network. We then travel to the Netherlands, where an Amsterdam court has declared it's ready to hear GDPR complaints against Facebook in a court case to begin in October 2021. And then finally this week, we return to the US, where yearbook provider Herf Jones has admitted that it's had a data breach. So as always, a wide range of articles for you in this week's episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. We hope that you find all the articles useful and informative. As always, if you've got any feedback for us, please do email us at feedback at gdprwigyshow.com. We do read every single piece of feedback we receive, and wherever possible, we incorporate your suggestions for improvements into the show. However, due to the volume of feedback we receive, it's not always possible for us to respond to each piece of feedback individually. Want to ask GDPR questions live? Come and join our GDPR surgery on Clubhouse, Thursday, 4pm UK time. We begin this week with the news that the EU has finally declared that UK GDPR is adequate under GDPR rules and therefore the UK will not be regarded as a third country and data transfers between the EU and the UK can continue just as they have pre-Brexit. This is fantastic news for the UK business community as it means much less work now needed to bring us into line. It removes the need for lots of contracts to be amended to include standard contractual clauses and all in all is to be welcomed. However, it does have a couple of caveats. The first is that the EU has only granted adequacy status for four years, so until 2025, and then presumably we have to go through this whole situation again. The second is that the rules now very much enforce the need that if you are a UK business with clients or you're indeed intending to attract clients from the EU, even if you don't have any yet, but you don't have a place of business in the EU, then you need to establish a EU GDPR agent. And likewise, if you're based in the EU, but you've got customers in the UK, or you're looking to attract customers from the UK, then you've got to have a UK GDPR agent. We, of course, are pleased to say we're able to help in both those situations, so if you need help with that, please do contact us on the contact details that are coming up at the end of this article. The other clause which has been added in is that the GDPR adequacy statement does not extend as far as the UK Immigration Service. And that is because some of the activities undertaken by the Immigration Service to check people's status do not fall within the remit of GDPR. And so rather than declare the whole country inadequate and therefore a third country, 
what the EU has decided to do is just declare the UK Immigration Service to be inadequate. And that is doubtless something that will need to be addressed by government and by the Home Secretary in due course. So as we say, overall, it's a situation very much to be welcomed. Culture Secretary and Secretary of State for Digital Oliver Delton said, After more than a year of constructive talks, it is right the European Union has formally recognised the UK's high data protection standards. This will be welcome news to businesses, support continued cooperation between the UK and the EU, and help law enforcement authorities keep people safe. We will now focus on unlocking the power of data to drive innovation and boost the economy, while making sure we protect people's safety and privacy. Vera Zorova, Vice President for Values and Transparency at the EU, said the UK has left the EU, but today its legal regime of protecting personal data is as it was. Because of this, we are adopting these adequacy decisions today. At the same time, we have listened very carefully to concerns expressed by the Parliament, the Member States and the European Data Protection Board, in particular on the possibility of future divergence from our standards in the UK's privacy framework. We are talking here about a fundamental right of EU citizens that we have a duty to protect. That is why we have significant safeguards and if anything changes on the UK side, we will intervene. And that last statement by Vera is very relevant because there has been talk, as we reported in previous episodes here on the GDPR Weekly Show, of the UK government possibly seeking to weaken UK GDPR in an attempt to entice business to the UK. And what the EU has said very clearly in this judgment is that although they've declared it's adequate, if we do that, if we mess around with the rules and if we get to a situation where UK GDPR is significantly different to EU GDPR, then forget the four years, they reserve the right to review our literacy at any point. And so I think the UK government very much has to bear that in mind. And I would hope that pressure will come from business to the government to keep things as they are, rather than trying to change them. But only time will tell on that. And doubtless, as we move forward through 2021 and the rest of the years now to 2025, we will doubtless return many times to this here on the GDPR Witchy Show. Contact us on helpdesk at gdprweeklyshow.com. To Scotland now, and a report published in the Scotsman newspaper shows that the Scottish government and its agencies have breached data protection rules almost 2,000 times since GDPR came in in May 2018. The Scottish Prison Service was the worst offender and is responsible for more than 1,100 data breaches over the period, with more than 350 a year since the new laws came in. The Scottish government itself was the second worst offender and was the only part of government to fail to report a serious data breach to the ICO, the Information Commissioner's Office, within the 72 hours required under GDPR. Scottish Conservative Chief Whip Stephen Kerr said the number revealed worrying weaknesses in the Scottish government's security systems. He said, Given that Scottish government agencies store vast amounts of sensitive data, many people will be alarmed by these figures. The number of breaches occurring is concerning and reveals some worrying weaknesses in the SNP government's security network. Ministers must not take their eye off the ball when it comes to security-related issues. Urgent reassurances must be given that robust measures are in place to ensure the number of breaches is significantly reduced going forward and that all breaches are reported as quickly as possible. It's important to stress that of the 1,993 breaches by the Scottish Government, only 31 were considered serious enough to report to the ICO and with only one of those not being reported within the required 72 hours. The vast majority of the breaches, 713, were confidentiality breaches where there's an unauthorised or accidental disclosure or access to personal data. The ICO also confirmed it has taken no action around data breaches against the Scottish Government since 2018. A spokesperson for the ICO said people have the right to expect that organisations will handle their personal information securely. 
Public authorities have access to a great deal of personal data, so they must ensure they have the appropriate measures and training in place to ensure people's information is handled responsibly. A Scottish Government spokesperson said we take information security very seriously and all staff are required to follow the data protection principles, follow an IT code of conduct and undertake annual mandatory data protection training. Under UK GDPR, any serious breaches of personal information are notified to the Information Commissioner. We take any instance very seriously and log and thoroughly investigate each to ensure lessons are learned and appropriate actions are taken. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. The Manchester Now and Trafford Council has apologised for an accidental data breach which resulted in the names, addresses, emails and voting preferences of residents in Longford being released publicly. The data breach occurred because the authority held a consultation on controversial plans for low traffic networks around the streets close to Longford Park last year. During the first lockdown in 2020, Trafford Council installed large wooden planters at the end of Hillingdon Road, Norwood Road and Cromwell Road, close to the park, and residents had to vote whether or not they wanted the planters to remain in place permanently. In the data leak, how locals voted on the plans, including their comments, were inadvertently shared along with their personal details. The sensitive information was accidentally sent to resident Matt O'Donoghue, who had previously spoken out in favour of the planters in response to a Freedom of Information request. Matt said the FOI to Trafford Council asked for the anonymised responses to a recent survey and their policy around making online referenda as fraud-free as possible. They were well past the deadline for responding, so I gave them a gentle nudge and I think they may have been in a Friday afternoon panic because they accidentally dumped everyone's replies to the survey around low-traffic neighbourhoods. In the wrong hands, all that information to see who said what and where they live could have been a very bad thing. Fortunately, I used the site What Do They Know to help manage all my freedom of information requests. They send alerts when you get a response, so the data breach was only public for a minute, if that. What Do They Know is a public-facing freedom of information request management and publication site promoting transparency, particularly for local authorities and other public bodies. Using his What Do They Know account, Matt made the freedom of information response he received from the council private, so the sensitive data was only available publicly for a short period of time. Residents affected by the breach have already been directly contacted by the council and apologised to by the council via letter. Some of those affected said they were concerned that the information could cause further division within already strained community relations, but others were more understanding and commended the council for how it handled the honest mistake. One of the residents affected was former Liberal Democrat parliamentary candidate Dr Anna Fryer, who said, This is an appalling data breach. It's extremely regrettable that mistakes like these undermine people's faith in democratic procedures. My neighbours are understandably worried that their data could be misused or that they could be targeted for their views. The council must look extremely closely at this and make sure it never happens again. To reassure residents, Matt O'Donoghue added, I'm just glad I could take it down immediately and it wasn't leaked to someone more militant. Who knows what could have happened? A spokesperson for My Society that runs the What They Know website said Trafford Council contacted What They Know with regards to a serious personal data breach they made in response to a freedom of information request regarding the Stretford Low Traffic neighbourhood. We applaud Matt O'Donoghue for his quick and responsible action and also welcome a quick action from Trafford Council in issuing a replacement response. We have hidden the response from the council that contained breach material and notified the ICO of the breach and we believe the council have sent their own formal breach notification to the ICO as well. A spokesperson for Trafford Council said we'd treat personal information received from people in the strictest confidence and we would like to apologise to everyone affected by the data breach. The breach was caused by a wrong document inadvertently being sent out in response to two freedom of information requests in respect of a consultation into Longford Park modal filters which was carried out at the end of last year. 
Once we realised the mistake, we took swift action to rectify the error and we believed the breach has been contained and that the personal details are unlikely to be shared with anyone, but we will continue to monitor the situation. We have contacted all residents affected by this and have apologised to them. We have also reported the matter to the Information Commissioner's Office because we take this matter very seriously. We know we have a duty to ensure people's personal details remain private and confidential and we'd like to reassure residents that this is an isolated incident. We're already taking steps including reviewing our systems around handling the freedom of information requests to ensure such an occurrence does not happen again. If you're a regular listener to the GDPR Weekly Show, you might remember that back in episode 139, we reported what was being classed at the time as a data breach at LinkedIn relating to the exposure of data relating to 700 million users of LinkedIn over 90% of its total user base, being available on the dark web. However, this week, LinkedIn has forcefully denied that the exposure of data is a data breach, insisting that since the data was scraped by malicious actors, it is not a fault. According to Privacy Sharks, which was first to report the incident on 27th of June, a user of Raid Forums first stated they were in possession of the data dump on 22nd of June and provided a sample of a million records as proof. The organisation's researchers confirmed the data involved includes full names, gender, email addresses, phone numbers and employment information. The full dump does not appear to include any financial or password records, although users are advised to immediately change their login details as a precaution and should be keeping an eye out for any suspicious phishing activity. In a statement, LinkedIn said, Our teams have investigated a set of related LinkedIn data that has been posted for sale. We want to be clear that this is not a data breach and no private LinkedIn member data was exposed. Our initial investigation has found that the data was scraped from LinkedIn and other various websites and includes the same data reported earlier this year in our April scraping update. Members trust LinkedIn with their data and any misuse of our members' data such as scraping violates LinkedIn's terms of service. When anyone tries to take member data and use it for purposes LinkedIn and our members haven't agreed to, we work to stop them and hold them accountable. If we receive any further update on this from LinkedIn, we will of course bring it to you in the next available episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. Want to ask GDPR questions live? Come and join our GDPR surgery on Clubhouse, Thursday, 4pm UK time. To America now, and automobile maker Mercedes-Benz USA has said that a data breach in its supply chain has exposed personal information of roughly 1.6 million of its actual and potential customers. The incident, which the company said it learned about on June 11, 2021, from a vendor that had inadvertently left sensitive data accessible on a cloud platform, ultimately concerned the data of less than 1,000 people whose driver's license numbers, social security numbers, bank card information and birth dates were exposed. Customers who provided their personal information on Mercedes-Benz and dealer websites between 2014 and 2017 were at risk. To view the information left unguarded, the hacker would have to possess special software and tools, they said. No Mercedes-Benz system was compromised as a result of the event and so far there's no concrete evidence that any Mercedes-Benz files were maliciously misused. Mercedes-Benz said the third-party vendor confirmed it had contained the leak, did not mention if it hired a cybersecurity consulting firm or MSSP to assist with its forensics investigation. Our vendor confirmed that the issue is corrected and that such an event cannot be replicated, the carmaker said. We will continue our investigation to ensure that this situation is properly addressed. Individuals with additional information was accessible online have been notified of the breach incident. Mercedes-Benz said it will provide free credit monitoring and identity theft protection to the affected individuals for two years and will notify the appropriate government agents. Contact us on helpdesk at gdprweeklyshow.com Back to the UK now and the virtual private network Lime VPN has confirmed that its backup server was hacked and 
that its website is currently down. We would advise that you don't try and access the Lime VPN website at the present time, because if you attempt to do so, your visit is likely to be blocked by your security software warning of a Trojan on the site. All of Lime VPN's customers are at risk because the backup server includes a database of their details, including username, email address, and password, alongside payment information. Lime VPN uses a web hosting, billing, and automation service known as WHMCS to handle payments. The hacker claims to hold the private key of every user, meaning any traffic passing through Lime VPN can potentially be decrypted. The records held by the hacker are thought to be for more than 69,400 customers. A user called SlashX initially listed the database for sale on the RAID forums a few days ago for $400 in Bitcoin. However, at the time it was thought only 10,000 records had been grabbed, with the total now close to 70,000 and a much higher price has apparently been set. There's very little that if you are a Lime VPN user you can actually do about this other than find an alternative VPN and change your password. If we receive any update on this from Lime VPN, we will bring it to you in the next available episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. You may remember that back in episode 149 of the GDPR Weekly Show, we mentioned that the CJEU was now allowing parallel investigations into the large tech giants such as Facebook, simply due to the length of time which the Irish Data Protection Commissioner was taking to complete their investigations. Well, the first of those has taken a step forward this week, and it's been announced that a Dutch court will be hearing a case in October, brought against Facebook by two not-for-profit organisations in the Netherlands. Since 2019, the Amsterdam-based Data Privacy Foundation has been seeking to bring a case against Facebook over its rampant collection of internet users' data, arguing the company does not have a proper legal basis for its processing. It's been joined in the action by the Dutch consumer protection body, Consumer Tenbond. The pair are seeking redress for Facebook users in the Netherlands for alleged violations of their privacy rights, both by suing for compensation for individuals and calling for Facebook to end what they say are their privacy-hostile practices. Facebook denies any abuse and claims it respects users' privacy and provides people with meaningful control over how their data gets exploited. But it has fought the litigation by seeking to block it on procedural grounds, arguing for the suit to be tossed by claiming the DPS does not fit the criteria for bringing a privacy claim on behalf of others and that the Amsterdam court has no jurisdiction as its European business is subject to Irish rather than Dutch law. However, the Amsterdam district court rejected its arguments, clearing the way for the litigation to proceed. A Facebook spokesperson said, We are currently reviewing the court's decision. The ruling was about the procedural part of the case, not a finding on the merits of the action, and we will continue to defend our position in court. We care about our users in the Netherlands, and protecting their privacy is important to us. We build products to help people connect with people and content they care about while honouring their privacy choices. Users have meaningful control over the data that they share on Facebook, and we provide transparency around how their data is used. We will also offer people tools to access download and delete their information and we are committed to the principles of GDPR. In a statement, the Consumer to Bonds director, Sandra Molinar, described the ruling as a big boost for more than 10 million victims of Facebook's practices in the Netherlands. Facebook has tried to throw up all kinds of legal hurdles and delay the case as much as possible, but fortunately the company has not succeeded. Now we can really get to work to ensure that consumers get what they are entitled to, she said. The lawsuit argues that Facebook users are paying for the free service with their data, contending the tech giant does not have a valid legal basis to process people's information because it has not provided users with comprehensive information about the data it is gathering from them and on them and what it does with it. 
This case was from Boulogne in October, and so once the case is underway, we will bring you regular updates here on the GDPR Weekly Show. We return to the US now and to Green Bay in Wisconsin, where graduation season has just wrapped up, and now some parents and students are learning they are victims of a data breach. Herf Jones, which is a popular supplier of yearbooks and graduation caps and downs, is notifying customers of the breach. Letters have been sent out in the mail by Herf Jones, notifying customers that their personal information may have been compromised. If you receive a letter, you should monitor your credit card account closely. The Herf Jones website says that back in May, they were made aware of suspicious activity with certain customers' payment information and promptly launched an investigation. In an update this week, the company said they're in the process of notifying potentially impacted customers and are doing so by sending out letters and offering free credit monitoring for a year. Herf Jones says they're working with leading cybersecurity firm and haven't said how many customers are impacted by the breach. It's understood that hackers may have been able to access customers' payment card information, address, phone number and email. If we receive any update from Herf Jones, we will of course bring it to you in a future episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. Contact us on helpdesk at gdprweeklyshow.com The GDPR Weekly Show is an insurer production. Until next time, bye-bye.